Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast, your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Uh, Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you listening to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel JB Fury Beauchene, and it is a pleasure to be with you. We are absolutely dripping with anticipation at the moment <laughs> on the cusp of the Summer Games Fest and yeah. all of the delights that that may bring with us. And uh, we're about to jump in and uh, kick off on some some more news, some more gaming culture. Uh, and as always, I cannot do it alone. With me, I have the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. He hasn't completed any of the Assassin's Creed games without taking any damage but has completed a flawless run of Minesweeper on hard mode. It is Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Thanks, JB. What can I say? Minesweeper, it's, uh, I'm pretty darn good. You are indeed. <laughs> also with us, we have the Nintendo Queen. She's stuck in a perpetually repeating three-day cycle and uses various masks that can transform her into different beings, and that's the way she likes it. It's Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Casey. Thanks, Joel. Yep, that's very true. That's the way I like it. Different masks, different day. Excellent. <laughs> and last but not least, we have the gaming chef. The last time he was on a winning streak playing craps at the casino, he made a deal with Satan to collect runaway souls and then successfully murdered the Lord of Darkness and his assistant, King Dice. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Oh, I love that, Joel. Thank you so much. That is one of my favourite pastimes. And I think you forgot to mention as well, my head is a great vessel for tea. What? It, it is certainly... <laughs> it's a cuphead reference, everyone. Oh. <laughs> yes. I mean, coffee, whatever, whatever you... <laughs> If you want coffee or tea, it is because yeah, they do coffee yeah. or tea in, in cups, in, in, in mugs. Yeah. Anyway, it's certainly so it's overflowing with fluid, uh, one way or the other. Hot and, chocolate as uh, well. That's, <laughs> that's the way he likes it. That's the way he likes it. Oh, now, for all well, those weirdos out there. Now, I, I wanted to uh, uh, thank you, Steely. By the way, uh, I wanted to kick off this week with uh, with a bit of news uh, coming out about. Uh, uh, a potential reveal for a new game uh, that may be in the works by Kojima Productions. So, uh, allegedly, uh, Hideo Kojima's next game may be a, a horror-type game called Overdose. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's also purported to be starring Death Stranding actress Margaret Qualley. So, reported by leaker Tom Henderson for Try Hard Guides, the news apparently stems from early footage showing a third-person character played by Quali uh, exploring dark corridors using a flashlight. I nearly said flashlight. Then, jeez, uh, <laughs> uh, Simon, uh, you've, uh, you've corrupted corrupted me. Um, corrupted you. 
This yeah, is your well, own dirty mind. Yeah, sorry. Um, so the sorry, the footage uh, reportedly ends with a jump scare, a game over screen, and the title screen. So Henderson has since said that Kojima Productions has asked him to remove the story from publication, lending weight to the truth of the leak. Um, the report is temporarily down as of uh, 6am yesterday, I think it was. Um, and uh, an update says that after Kojima Productions asked for the publication of the report to be removed, uh, Tom Henderson uh, declined to do so. Mm. So... Mm-hmm. Henderson said that this doesn't appear to be a Death Stranding sequel despite the inclusion of Quali and the fact that Norman Reedus seemingly leaked the existence of that game last month, which we covered on The Descending Gamer. Uh, Kojima famously began to work on Silent Hill for Konami before falling out spectacularly with the developer and leaving to form his own company. Ever since, fans have wondered about a Kojima horror game particularly mm. after his PT demo became a phenomenon of its own. Mm. So uh, what do we think about this? Do we think that there is any credence to this report of a survival horror game being worked on by Kojima Productions? I think so. I think Simon had a great saying, what was that, a couple of months ago, when there's smoke, there's generally fire, and there's a lot of smoke there. There's a few juicy... Sort of things that are tying it back. A lot, a lot of the things you just read out make a lot of sense there, JB. So, you know, if and the fact that, you know, they were so quick, Kojima himself, to sort of flag it and get it shut down. Um, yeah. That's a, maybe a telling sign. I don't know. Mm. What about you, Steve? I think that's right. What do you reckon? Yeah. When, 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 when somebody... When somebody comes out with a leak like this and then somebody immediately says, I want you to stop doing that. Like, you know, it's kind of feels like that they're... Something's saying up. you're spoiling something that I'm doing right here, please stop. And I mean, I, I think that there's credence to it, whether or not it's the right thing to do to kind of leak certain aspects of things that haven't even been announced yet. I don't know. I'm going to get into a little bit of that after with something else. But um, you love a good leak, though. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> What do you reckon, JB? You've been uh, well, you're breaking the news. What are your thoughts? You think it's? I mean, it's it's probably the low hanging fruit to say that Hideo Kojima is working on a, a survival horror type title. It does seem to be uh, definitely you know his his go to um, genre. Um, I mean, even though you wouldn't specifically called death stranding a survival horror there's certainly a lot of elements of that survival horror in it um particularly with uh, a lot of the sort of supernatural elements with the bts and and all of that sort of thing with death stranding uh, and then also his involvement with silent hill uh with konami certainly um lends credence to the uh the survival horror uh, sort of genre so uh it wouldn't surprise me at all um and I would say, I mean, for Kojima Productions to ask them to remove the the report uh, about this this game, either either they've hit smack bang on what's being developed there, or uh, they're developing something similar, and maybe that this um, uh, this game that was leaked, Overdose, is is just a you know a code name for 
for yeah. like a bit of a tech demo or something that they were trialing out. So, uh, yeah, difficult to say, but uh, I reckon, like you said, uh, where there's smoke, there's there's fire. So uh, mm-hmm. watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, Ferg, do you want to uh, jump into a bit of news about Battlefield? Yeah, so a bit of of news on the Battlefield 2042 front. It's been reasonably quiet for a long time, and that is that um, the first season, uh, which is one of four named Zero Hour, is debuting today, um, the June the 9th. And I actually downloaded the patch on PC, which was about 50 gigs, and jumped in, and there was a, at the time of recording, there was an hour sort of countdown so that thing's just about to go live but um this one comes seven months after what we can probably describe as a bit of a train wreck of a release for that game to be honest Um, we've talked about it numerous times on the podcast the amount of issues you know lack of content and really at the end of the day releasing a game that was you know severely undercooked cooked um you know if you went to the video game restaurant and ordered a battlefield 2042 steak <laughs> this thing was coming out blue it was that underdone um oh, so I love that <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so you know seven months basically dice and ea have been basically bringing the game up to speed um, and getting it to a somewhat finished state to this point so you know here, here's a bit of a list of everything they have or will be overhauled and tweaking in the future and this includes look the game launched without a scoreboard the game launched without VoIP chat, you know, a game that's so predominantly been, you know, relying on good teamwork. You couldn't actually talk to your teammates. They've done everything, overhauled the maps. Um, they've tweaked the specialist, facial animations, sightness on maps. Um, I'm just going to stop there. I could read a million things that was either broken to be fixed. They're basically, I don't know, they're, they're giving the whole game a facelift. Um, and they're basically, like I said, bringing the game into a state that it probably should have been on launch. So yeah, the first season, which <clears throat> typically these things come out day one of a game, but it's taken them seven months. So that one's kicking off today. There is some new content, which includes a new map called Exposure, um, which is set around a Canadian research facility. There's a new specialist called Eulina. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> and, there's a, and it's the launch of their 100-tier battle pass, like most um, games are doing these days. So... I don't know, from my point of view, I think more than anything, I'm just, I'm probably more than anything interested to see how the gaming community responds to this one. Um, this was a game that I picked up close to launch and around the time when I got it and I was playing it, I was spending a fair bit of time on Reddit just sort of combing through some of the discussion about what people were either loving or hating about the game. And there was plenty of people that were on there just ranting, but what really stuck out for me was the amount of passionate Battlefield players there are and just how in depth they were going in with some of their comparisons around what was broken with the game and some of the videos mm. and um, lists of things that were on you know previous games like Battlefield 5 that didn't make it to this game um, and I actually went and had a look at the numbers so on PC Steam when the game was launched in November the peak and current player average they had was 100k um, through November, it averaged about 51,000 and into December, it was about 20K. Um, and over the last 30 days, it's been 2,000. So compared oh, to wow. what they were doing on average in November, they're sitting at like, if my mass is correct, it's about 4%. So <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see whether the launch of this new season encourages people to come back and, and what their response is. So yeah, we'll hang tight and see what kind of... I haven't played the game for months. I probably haven't played the game for... 
probably since March, I don't think. So I might jump back in. I don't think I'm super encouraged to fork out more money on this game to get a battle pass, especially when, you know, at the moment I'm playing other games which are fantastic like Fortnite. There's only a certain amount of hours in the day to sink into, you know, trying to complete 100 tiers of a battle pass and um, unless they've just absolutely overhauled this and it's now an unbelievable state for a game, I, I probably will give it a miss. But yeah, I think the other thing that I just wanted to note as well is that when they announced it, they released a two-minute gameplay trailer. And i got to say, I wish the game was half as good as some of their promotional material. I mean, this thing was unreal. <laughs> that marketing team needs a pay rise. For as bad and as broken as this game was when it launched, their marketing is unbelievable. They had two minutes of just non-stop action, doing a really good job of just highlighting everything that you love about Battlefield and the previous games, such as the chaos and the destruction and you know, vehicles and stuff like that. There was Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue cranking in the background. And yeah, the marketing for DICE and EA especially is unbelievable. So we'll hang tight. We'll see what happens with uh, season one of Battlefield 2042. Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, just just on the, the whole Battlefield thing, um, I've, uh, I've just managed to patch in uh, the microphones from Steam and, and specifically the Battlefield... <laughs> Uh, lobby, you know, trying to get a game, and uh, we'll cross live to that audio right now. <laughs> mm. Plenty of action going on over there at EA Dice. Uh, Simo, let's let's throw across to you for a bit of bit of goss regarding Nintendo Direct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you guys seen this? Have you heard about this? Good, I'm about to show it. Look, I've got two bits of information to talk about today. First of all, I want to talk about the Nintendo Direct that's coming up, obviously. Now, some days ago, a YouTuber by the name of Zach, he's from a channel called Switch Force that I frequent, even though um, Zach doesn't know how to pronounce Charles Martinet's name properly. Uh, but anyway. What um, call him, Charles Martinet? Yep, and yep. it makes me very annoyed. <laughs> um, anyway, he released an, a video earlier this week basically saying, rumour, we know when the next Nintendo Direct's happening. How's that a rumour? Exactly. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit of a weird video, but he basically came out and said that he's independently verified a source confirming a Nintendo Direct for next week. He wouldn't say when it was. He was just saying, look, hey, I pretty much know 99% sure that this is going to happen. And, um, I mean, that's all good and well and everything. And he did it in a really sort of clean and and sportful way, and that was great. And so, I mean, it was good to just build a little bit of hype because we know that this thing's going to happen and, um, you know, lots of Nintendo fans are getting excited about it. Great. Only days after that, following that, um, another gaming content creator who's yet to be discovered who this person is who was privy to knowledge of a new game releasing next week on Thursday. He basically leaked the game's release date ahead of time and did it by posting a screenshot of an email that they received, or he or she, whoever this is, um, that they received in confidence directly from the game developer. So they've basically gone and misused the, this person's trust. They, they have an agreement with them to have early access to this title, um, possibly, and no information early about it so they can plan for its release and what they're going to use as content. Um, but they've basically released this. And I mean, uh, there's, there's two sides to this. I mean, I like knowing 
you know, as much as the next person that's a Nintendo fan, when the next Nintendo Direct's going to be. Um, but this is kind of sad because not only has this guy basically just gone um, and misused the trust of the game dev, and, I mean, this is sad for the developers of the game. The game um, dev, never. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, for, for, for the people that have developed the game, this is sad because they've obviously want some form of surprise when this gets announced, which has now been completely taken away from them. Mm. Um, but I want also, to know what it is now. Come on. Hold your horses. <laughs> but also for a host of all the other content creators that are out there that have all built up the trust of people, now have this red signal over the top of their head because, I mean, there's all this abused distrust and everything uh, going around the place. And, um, I mean, if I was a game dev, I would be really sort of wary of what information I gave out after this and wondering who was going to do this next. And I mean, it just shoots these, these creators in the foot when they post onto Reddit under a name that they don't go under in any other format to just basically mis mistreat the information that they're given. I, I get when people, you know, Oh, I've heard a rumor like such and such has talked about this week, blah, blah, blah is happening. But when this kind of thing happens, I think it's a little bit too close to um, just flat out misusing trust um, between you know professionals, which I think is a, is a really uh, negative way to do it. Um, no one as of yet knows who this person is, but I a hundred bucks think that it's Philip Mewson who used to work for IGN and played drives a whole bunch of reviews. Well, wow. <laughs> that's not if you close your Wow, you heard it here first. <laughs> Simo throwing some shade. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't like that guy at all. But anyway, that's yeah. that's about that. I mean, that's, that's again, it's a it's a really kind of sad sort of story. But again, it's exciting to know that there's a Nintendo Direct coming. That's gonna it's gonna happen on Thursday. So did you we say he's that. leaked a game or that that Nintendo Direct is so, coming? So what happened is is that in this email they put it up on Reddit and very poorly blacked out parts of the email because people were turning up the contrast on their computers and their phones and stuff and just finding the information mm-hmm. like that wasn't blacked what out was properly that? and it basically mentions a game that's being released on wednesday and also mentions that there are a whole bunch of other game developers that will be releasing content on wednesday as well and i mean wednesday oh, so, in america so yeah but it's not he's not I thought you were saying he's, nobody was saying that it's going to happen in the in the form of a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so why does that? <laughs> because no, because this is coming directly from a source. So this yes, is I coming know, directly but you're from it a sound game. Like developer. he's just announced a brand new game. No, but he did. He he. What well, not a brand new game. It's a know. game that we know about. <laughs> but it's, that's not even the point. And I don't even think like me saying the game is going to really bear any weight. It's a it's a third party game. That's coming, I think, exclusively to Switch for a period of time. Yeah, right. And I mean, I think that's just—it's still—it's poor, regardless. Mm. It's just a poor way to do business, and I think it's much better to be tactful about it and build hype rather than just kill hype and kill surprise out of the, that part of the gaming industry where people always get hyped and surprised and excited for Nintendo Directs, even though a lot of the time it's just Puzzle and Dragons and you know Mario <laughs> Golf. You're like, but that's that's the thing. Like, at least be excited about it. Um, anyway, uh, that's yeah. really all I want to say about that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I, it's a bit of a serious thing, but... Yeah. Um, just sorry, Simon, just to chime in on that. I, I agree yeah. 100%. Yeah, sure. It's really disappointing and I don't know. I think it's a part of not in the just gaming news, but in news in general that you know, once upon a time it was about just breaking the right story and doing it in the right way, whereas these days it just seems like 
people just want to be first first to the punch and releasing mm. things half baked or and you know you know yeah it's it's disappointing that someone would send something to him in good faith and he's yeah abused that so i hope whoever did it um is ratted out and yeah they won't be doing it anytime soon after that but yeah disappointing yeah. i agree yeah. Well, you heard no, it here exactly. first. Nintendo Direct uh, coming to you next week. <laughs> this news is too hot to handle. It's too hot to handle. Um, but I also wanted to touch on, and again, because we were talking about this uh, last week, I'm going to go fast on this one. That's a bit of a pun. Got to go fast. Um, <laughs> oh, my um, goodness. Hang on. I think I know what's coming. Uh, <laughs> so that's the theme thank, song yeah no that is the theme song from the very first game uh thank you joel um oh you're welcome look we we um got some first impressions from a guy at ign this week on sonic frontiers um i don't remember the guy's name and i quite frankly don't care but um he basically was talking about um, his first impressions and what he thinks the game does really well and also what he thinks needs to happen before launch and i mean looking at not that the video shows any new content but just having a, a listen to what he has to say um made me kind of change my tune about the game a little bit mm. um i'm a little bit more excited about it than what i was after seeing those initial trailers um besides what he did we also got this really small tiny exclusive gameplay trailer on sonic central this week as well which was just a little sonic show showing all the different multimedia things that are happening with sonic this year um which showed like another aspect of gameplay but what i really liked about what this guy had to say is he was talking about sort of the flow of gameplay and, and what the hook is and he was also talking a little bit about what the story might be like as well so we know that um, Sonic and Amy and Tails are doing something and then Sonic gets sucked into a wormhole and appears on this island, which, I again, I think it's going to be a simulation because I'm, I'm just dead set on that. But um, what's cool about this is that um, the whole hook of the game is that you explore, you unlock the world by doing all these different little puzzles. You defeat the big bosses to unlock smaller levels that you then go into. Um, then in those little levels, you can complete a list of different missions in order to get chaos emeralds so i think that sounds really cool mm -hmm. yeah rock and roll um it sounds like a lot of fun i think if they ha have enough of these little levels that would give that same sort of you know sonic formula that's made it some parts of it anyway good over the last sort of 10 years or so which is not much but you know it might be all right um i think that's kind of really exciting they also um on Sonic Central announced that there's going to be a short prologue um, that comes later this year featuring Knuckles. So giving a bit more of context to the story that leads up to the events that happen in the game. So I don't know. I'm pretty excited about that. But yeah, nice. uh, that's that's another bit of Sonic Frontiers. I can't wait to not have to talk about this game anymore. <laughs> Just on the uh, Sonic Frontiers, Simo and Casey as well, did you guys see the combat gameplay that they showed off? Do you have any yeah, thoughts yeah. on that one? I, I'm, I'm still not convinced that it's going to be a good game hmm. i don't know i i yeah it looked all right but it still just looks like a tech demo yeah. it looks boring it looks soulless i don't know i just well hey but <laughs> if you close your emotional vanity emotional vanity emotional vanity emotional vanity 
That's just so That's brilliant. I can't even cope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Like I just, I, the more I look at it, I don't know. I just, it, when's this meant to come out? Oh, we don't have a date yet. This year, though. This yeah. year. Yeah, that's, what, that's, what, that's what worries me. Yeah, Coming out this year, the best they can show is this kind of really yeah. sort of, you know, Sonic has no facial facial expressions. It just looks really bare and soulless and boring to me. Yeah. Who knows? Could prove me wrong, but I, I don't want to right. fork out, you know, yeah. 79 bucks on something that's just going to be just running in a field. Yeah, I think you're still right. And I think that, like, just ex- exactly like this uh, guy from IGN said, again, I don't know his name, but um, just like he said, he said that there's a lot of work. Like, there's a lot that <laughs> needs to be there's done. There's not much left of this year. That's what worries me. The that's best the they can come up thing. with is what we've seen. Like, because wouldn't you want to show, like, get people excited? Like, like yeah. Ferg was saying with Battlefield, look at how like, the marketing team for Sonic sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they need, the, they need their marketing team. But yeah. anyway, whatever. It's so true. Team, yeah. Say. And um, I think as well, like, um, uh, you know, another sort of aspect of this is that, I mean, th- there's a whole load of the community now, the Sonic community of fans of the community. Um, I couldn't say that word anymore than I possibly did. But um, they're petitioning basically for this game to be delayed. How often do you hear in the video games industry? That's usually you fans saying, <laughs> saying delay the game. Like I'm all for game delays. I love them. I think like sure, if you're going to take more time and make this game not shit, do it. But mm. Sega and Sonic and Sega Sammy Group never do this. They never delay Sonic games. They just kind of plop them out and hope that people pay <laughs> money for them. And they know that people will, like I said, because we as that community just want the game to be good and we want to support it. Um, I was watching another YouTuber earlier this week who mentioned that um, he believes that people should start supporting fan projects that basically are their own new IPs that they're creating based off of the formula of gameplay that they used to like from Sonic games. And I think that's a really um, smart thing to say. It's it's just about supporting the people that actually are still passionate about the good gameplay um, but you know, in their own supporting their own creativity, but I'm still, I just hope that this is somewhat good, this game, because mm-hmm. otherwise I'd be very sad. Yeah. It's, it sounds like what Casey and the fans of Sonic are all saying that, uh, if they went to the video game restaurant and they ordered the Sonic frontier steak, it, it's probably looking like it's coming out a bit rare. Yeah. It's coming out blue. <laughs> just like Sonic hey, in that, Mr. Blue. Eyeballs. No good. No good. Uh, Look, I'm going to make a prediction right now. Mm. I reckon uh, Sonic Frontiers is going to be shit. Mm. (laughs) That's that's my prediction. Professional uh, opinion. It's going to be like a 40 on Metacritic. Yeah. So uh, this, this is my prediction. I reckon they listen to the fans and they somewhat delay it into next year. Maybe not a long time, but I think they'll... Maybe a little bit and just get it from being shit to being good. Being good. Just settle for good. I can only hope they do a Paramount Pictures on this and do exactly that, Ferg, and listen to the fans. As much Mm. as I think the whole thing that happened with Ugly Sonic was a bit of a hoax and they did it to to, to basically hype the movie a bit, Mm. I think that this is desperate for for that extra time Mm. and I hope they do it. Mm. Well, no publicity is bad publicity. And you heard it here first. Sonic Frontiers, likely to be shit. (laughs) All right. 
time to uh, kick off our novelty segment for this week. We bought too many games. Now we got to play them all. So what about the stream? Couldn't find yourself a new um, theme for the the novelty segment this week, Joel. No, I like that one. I I'm going to use. You slide that one, did you? Yeah. Like uh, the offspring singing about games, do you? Yeah, sure. Why not? Love you. Now this week we thought we'd uh, we'd talk about if only we made the games, and uh, we're going to sort of talk about some some ideas that uh, that we've had for a video game or a, a franchise. Going from say you know TV to a video game, or, or from a book to a video game, and um, or even just uh, you know taking an existing video game concept and and reworking it and changing it into something, making so, it better. Um, <laughs> maybe we will kick off with uh, C Mac on this one. What what do you reckon, C Mac? What what do you got? What do you got in the bag? Oh, my bag. I've got one game that I am very passionate about. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast is Paper Mario. I'm going to come. <laughs> oh, all right, Joel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Paper Mario. <laughs> paper, paper, paper Mario. And uh, <laughs> what do you got about Paper Mario? <laughs> Oh my god! My beautiful innocent Paper Mario game. Yeah, this is this is. Like... <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> Shut up, Simon. I'm not what. Yeah, I'm trying to talk. So, yeah. as people know, Paper Mario franchise series had went from having two amazing, beautiful, incredible first two games, the original and Thousand Year Door. And from there, they've just steadily gone shitter and shitter and shitter. So for me, this is sort of my dream idea would be a sort of a Paper Mario successor to thousand year door so back to the original formula you know turn-based battle system using badges that you find or you buy around the game to use as moves in your battle and my we simon and i have talked about this idea in our head at length and we think it would be brilliant that a new paper mario where you see him get thrown into different towns which already exist in the mario universe so for example new donk city from odyssey having like a paper version of that. So he gets thrown into New Donk City and he meets Cappy. And then Cappy becomes one of your partners because one of the great things about Paper Mario is you pick up different partners and then they sort of stay in your inventory and then you, just, you, you they follow you around whoever you choose and they have different abilities. So, you know, you can visit New Donk City as a, as a paper and they have some issue. I don't know, they always have an issue. Um, <laughs> or Delfino Plaza from Mario Sunshine having you know, a paper version of that. I think it would be so, so sick. It would be amazing. And, you know, all these places are obviously stuck struggling with an affliction as always, you know, Bowser related, maybe who knows, but you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to have princess peach needing to be captured because she's always captured. Like she could even be a playable character or, you know, one of your partners that you have. So yeah, like I think, that would be incredible just sort of having a whole new team having what make paper mario the first two so special was all the npc characters and your partners they were all fresh new people new characters Mm. animals they were all brand new not seen before and what's happened with paper mario they've just everything is a toad everyone is a toad (laughs) 
maybe a toad with a hat, maybe a toad with a moustache, but they're all just toads. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's my dream is to sort of go back to the original formula of the first two games and actually do what the fans are asking and what they want. So, yeah, that's that's my dream, my love, that's and gold. whatever that song will be in the beginning. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Sorry. That's that one. gold, Jerry. Gold. That, oh. Yeah, that's gold, Jerry. It's gold. <laughs> yeah, all right, killer. Um, well, I reckon that'd be be a good one. Absolutely. What about you, Simo? What do you, what do you got in the bag for us? What do you got in the bag? Oh, bloody hell! You don't want to start me on this. You don't want to start me on this because I'm not going to stop. Here we go. Are you ready for this? Just just give yeah. us Are give you... us the concept, and I'll I'll give you the uh, sound bite. <laughs> right. This this game, and this is what I think the title should be for it: Warrior and Waluigi Kingdom Heist. I'm gonna come. <laughs> This game idea in your head since we've met like yeah. nine years this ago. Is, this has been long brewing in my mindscapes. All right, so, so take us through Wario and uh, Waluigi. So this is... Never thought you'd have an opportunity to use that one again, Joel. And three weeks later, here it is. <laughs> maybe that can, uh, maybe they could drop that in as the theme theme tune. Yeah. Hey? I feel like it should be. Um, look, listen to this. I reckon, and you're going to want to play this after this. This is a, a, a in the same vein of say, it takes two. It's a co-op action adventure game mm-hmm. set prior to the events that took place in super mario land 2 the six golden coins that's not all <laughs> you play as wario and waluigi and you traverse around an open world mushroom kingdom and its surrounds including mario's island from mario land 2 performing heists to steal money to build your own castle using items you steal to create weapons it goes on <laughs> While Luigi, being skinny and tall, is great at stealth combat and can craft weapons based on taking enemies out stealthily, turning them into blocks, sending them into wormholes, holding them like hiding them into pots and like you know so like because imagine like a toad and he grabs a toad and he pops it in a pot and puts the lid on you know like really funny ways to you know and because he's turning them to blocks it's a nod to like the original game where Bowser was meant to be turning the toads into blocks anyway. Um, and he does this around a variety of kingdoms, but then Wario being the brute is great for strength. So he takes out lots of enemies at once. And we know that he's kind of, he's a little bit vile, right? And he does some really sort of gross things in other games, like do, doing farts and stuff like that all the time. And so he's able to clear large rooms with his farts. So like he, he <laughs> might have a special attack where he like does the huge like, and then like, <laughs> He lets a fart off and it clears the whole room. So you can, like, for a limited amount of time, um, being really strong as well, he might be able to break through walls to steal more money in, like, hidden areas. Um, And then there would be a whole section of the game that's tailored to the castle creation. So you're trying to create this castle by... And I think, you know, because of the Super Mario Land 2, the story was that he just took over Mario's castle. But I think what he should do in this game is that he would basically knock it down and start again and build it in his image because it feels like it's, you know, this this castle is sort of evil looking. So he wants to build it in his image. You should be able to create the castle and Mario would be the main enemy of the game. 
um, with boss appearances from characters like Bowser and other bosses from the Mario Land 2 universe and abroad. <laughs> Tell me right now you don't want to fucking play that game because I want to oh, play, I wanna it, play it tonight. I want to play it just for the fart clearing. Oh, yeah, yeah where you're like walking in a room and there's like, <laughs> the toad's like, <laughs> and then he goes, <laughs> and then they all just like, they run out in the room and stuff. And then like, you know, the other person playing is why Luigi's hiding behind a a pillar and a toad comes around a corner he does like a stealth takedown where he just grabs like the toad by his head and like maybe throws him in the air and then shoots him with like a oh yeah uh, like nintendo's ever gonna let that happen but not shoot him like <laughs> and kill him he turns him into a block in okay. and, then and then you can maybe, him. might turn him into a question block and then you can get more coins using then... wario or he turns him into just like a, a plane block and then that block falls on the ground I, i'm sorry but it's, this is the greatest idea and it just has to be done and then he just gives him a bit of Take that, Mr. Eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, perfect. See, there you go, Joel. Simon's using your most hated character in a really constructive way. Because oh, everybody about, always about says... bloody time. Like, yeah, well, it's it's just like you, Joel. Everybody says this character is pointless. Like, why does he exist? Why is there not a game that stars him? And so I think it's just because they haven't come up with the right formula for them both heard. yet. They haven't heard this idea. This is the best idea. I think it would just be, it's the system seller. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a go into go into a room and clear it by farting. It's uh, again, mechanic. I'm sure I'm sure we can all relate to. It's got to happen. He farts in all these other games that he does, and it's somehow a part of his move set. Like it propels him forward or something. He does dumb stuff with it, and I just think that this is a it's creative. It's got to happen. You yeah, want nice. to play it? I know you do. Well, I definitely. That's gold, Jerry. Gold. All right, uh, Ferg. <laughs> what do you got for us? You got uh, you got to throw something out there about uh, a TV show that you want to create into a into a game. Yeah. So this one doesn't currently exist in the video game world. So yeah, like you said, I'm going to take it from the uh, small screen and stick it into a video game. And there's a bit of a pop quiz. I don't think you guys would know. Maybe you, Simon. But uh, anyone know what my favourite TV show is of all time? Oh, I do. Go, Simon. It's Happy Days. It's Happy Days. It's Happy Days, the video go. game. That's friend alert. <laughs> Very good, Simon. Um, <clears throat> so, Happy Days, the greatest TV show of all time and my favourite. And if, if you're not familiar with it, it's a sitcom. It was filmed in the 60s, but it's set in 1950s Milwaukee in the US and it revolves and follows Richie Cunningham, who's a high school and in later years a college student and his friends. So, I mean, even if you weren't into this game, why I think this would translate so well to a video game is it ticks a lot of boxes that us gamers love in video games. And the first one, it's got iconic characters. So you got Fonzie, you got Richie, there's Ralph Mouth, there's Potsy Weber, there's Howie. It's got iconic locations. So, you know, the Cunningham's house, Fonzie's garage, Arnold's diner, you've got Cunningham warehouse, you've got Inspiration Point. It's filled with great ways to get around town. So you've Did got... You say Cunningham's warehouse? Yeah. Oh. I thought that was like a uh, like a bargain <laughs> bin uh, shop that used to be around. Is, are they, do they still exist? I don't know. Cunningham's? <laughs> was yeah. that, a, that was a bit like a... Um... You know, Cunningham's warehouse. Yes, indeed. You know the, you know the one? No. <laughs> it rings a bell. Was that like a dollar shop kind of thing? Yeah, basically. Like, like uh, ch- similar cheap like... as chips kind yeah, of arrangement. Yeah, similar yeah maybe. That. I don't know. I haven't seen They're it for a while. Not as good, uh, not as good a theme tune. No, nah, not quite. Not nah, quite. But, oh, uh... well, not, not hearing a lot of support for Cunningham's <laughs> warehouse there. 
<laughs> but yeah, great vehicles. So, you know, Ralph Mouse Hot Rod and Fonzie's Motorbike and even Howie's DeSoto. Um, I'd imagine this game being an open world RPG, similar to Grand Theft Auto, where you can swap between playable characters, but it was have the aesthetic of a game like LA Noir because of the time period it's set in. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, with all the classic RPGs, there'd be a main quest line and how I'm sort of thinking it'd play out. You'd, you'd, the playable characters would be Richie, Ralph Mouth and Potsy, and you'd be helping Fonzie in some kind of way. So, you know, maybe Fonzie's gone to jail and you've got to bust him out and, you know, something along those lines. And then obviously the game would be littered with side missions, which should play out um, more than like the TV episodes where you get up to all kinds of um, shenanigans. So uh, when you're starting the Happy Days game, would you be able to sort of customise the look of your character similar to like a cyberpunk, for example? You know, uh, I, th- I think you'd want to keep the original aesthetic. Maybe there's clothes and stuff you could uh, you'd change, but you'd, you'd want to look like the actual characters, I reckon. I don't think you'd want to give, you know, Potsy a mangina or, you know, Ralph <laughs> Mouth a... Uh, you know, a purple mohawk or something, but yeah, sort of shave like a, a record shape into your pubic hair or something like that. You know, <laughs> but yeah, and following that, after the game's released, the, the first DLC pack would be a, a Fonzie pack where you get to play as Fonz, as the Fonz. So happy days and jump the shark <laughs> and jump the shark. That's it. it that uh, surely that, that would that be would in be the game. a um, <clears throat> that would be an achievement. Yeah, yeah. Nice car. <laughs> Did any of you guys like Happy Days? Seen it? Any oh, love yeah, for Happy yeah. Days? Yeah, I've watched Happy Days. I, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, can't I honestly say I would buy a Happy Days themed video game, but uh, <laughs> look, uh, maybe maybe you've you've hit on something here, Ferg. And there is a there is a genuine market out there for uh, for a Happy Days themed RPG. Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't see it happening. There's uh, you can't even get I don't know. You can get the first four seasons of Happy Days on DVD and five to thirteen or something. Never for all sorts of legal reasons, in and out of court, they couldn't even get the show on a DVD. So You're I think they'd struggle to uh, create a game with the uh, with the rights to it. But, you know, I can dream. Well, I think that would be a wild video game. Yeah. For, I, I, like I just, even though like I'm not a giant Happy Days fan, anytime that I remember sitting down and watching it with you, I always remember having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like that if, if they... We're able to capture the humor and just the essence of the show a bit and even have like a, you know, even if there was some sort of scope where they were able to have like a guest appearance from um, from Weezer and they sang Buddy Holly and like that happened at some point in the game, I feel like it would just be a really sort of meta experience and, and kind of a, a big nod to not only fans of the show, but fans of everything else that inspired the show, like the music video for Buddy Holly and everything. I just feel like it would... It would just be such a cool experience. Yeah, it would be sweet. really fun. I'm I'm seeing it being handed off to like a Telltale Games for like an episodic, you know, <clears throat> six game arc. Don't know. let Telltale ruin it, Joel. <laughs> Don't let them ruin the game. I can see that as well, JB. That's a that's an interesting take on the universe. It'd play out similar, and I could see them doing that. I mean, Telltale. I mean, a lot of their games have been inspired. Based, loosely based on other video games or movies, TV shows. So. Yeah. No, I reckon they, Telltale did like a Game of Thrones one that was yeah. like a oh, it was no six good. game arc. No, it was that it was one. Fucking and shit. We're getting But us. if you lose your 
uh, and we're getting really <laughs> off track here, but my, my little note I'll make about that one, because I actually love the Telltale games um, more than you by the sounds of it, Simo. The one that I really didn't like was Game of Thrones because it's all about choice and those games are like, who do you want to pick to survive? And I felt like in that game especially, no matter what decision you made, you still end up getting throttled. And I was sort of like, well, yeah. what's the point of giving me the decision of either acting out in front of someone or playing along if I'm just going to get killed anyway? So, and then like, rant over. You know, you, you'll say something, uh, you know, in front of like, I think I, re- I remember there was one scene where you were in front of Cersei Lannister and um, Mar- Marjorie, the, the, the other sort of queen in waiting. And uh, it, it didn't matter what you said. Like, you could say one option and then Cersei would, like, give you the, the stink eye and sort of, uh, you know, and it will say, oh, Cersei will remember this, you know, at the bottom. <laughs> you're like, oh, great, you know, now she's gunning for me. And if you pick the other option, it says, oh, Marjorie will remember this. And then she's giving you the stink eye and you, you're just like... <laughs> You're fucked either way, like no matter what choice you, you make. So, uh, I mean, yeah, Wolf Among Us, one of my favourite games of all time, and the second one I think is in development at the moment. So, definitely yeah. be talking about that one when it comes out or is talked about. So, hit yeah. and miss with Telltale. They, I, I enjoyed the Back to the Future yeah, game that they brought out, and then they brought out a Sam and Max uh, sequel. What was supposed to be a sequel was fucking shit. And then they brought out a Monkey Island sequel as well, which was shit as well. So mm. uh, maybe I've only played the good ones by the sound. Yeah, I've, you know, I, I can understand your your trepidation wanting to hand anything off to Telltale Games, uh, Simon. So uh, mm. yeah, very very um, mishmashy history that uh, that game company, and it's no wonder they went down. Yeah, I was going to say, what oh, does that say? That's They're a bit of an amazing to say, but yeah, they don't exist anymore, do they? So I wonder who's making the Wolf Among Us. Maybe someone else. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting us distracted from the uh, segment here. <clears throat> no, no, that's that's all good, all good. All right. Well, I, I you know, this this is bizarre, right? Because I, I had this idea. There's a, happy days. No, not quite. There's a <laughs> there's a, a series of books. I think it's a four book uh, series uh, by the author Tad Williams, and it's called Otherland. I'm going to come. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, like, I read this this series of books. So just to to give you a bit of insight for anyone who may not have read Otherland. So the story is set on Earth near the end of the 21st century, probably around the 2080s. And it's in a world where technology has advanced somewhat beyond the present. So uh, it's widespread availability of full immersion virtual reality. And people from all walks of life um, have access to this online world simply called the net. uh, Where you basically, it's like surfing the internet today, but you're, you're fully immersed in it. You're like like Facebook's version of the metaverse, basically. You're, you're actually physically there in it. And uh, there's several characters in this this series that um, through various different means, they, they're having like visions of this golden castle when they access the net. And each of them are sort of pursuing these these visions, trying to find this golden castle. And they stumble upon this hidden network called Otherland, which is run by the world's rich and elite and it's their private network and everything there is like dialed up to max so like 
the quality of everything is like real life quality and they go there to live out their like real sick and weird fantasies and, and stuff like that. And once it's discovered that these other people have found their way onto the Otherland network, um, they start getting hunted in real life by uh, assassins trying to keep the the Otherland network secret. So it's it's quite a quite a good series of books. And like one of the characters, he wakes up and he's like living in World War One. Like he's in the trenches. Like bombs are going off, and he's he's got no idea how he's got there and everything. It's actually one of the scenarios on in other land and and then they get to another world and it's like they're they're microscopic people living in like a garden with giant insects and stuff like that so i thought oh yeah this would this would be a killer concept you know and you'd have all these different playable characters that each find their way into the other land network and i, I was picturing it sort of like maybe a, a naughty dog type uh you know uncharted style game you know where you, you sort of playing through in that sort of format and then uh, a quick a quick google of it and bloody uh, there's an mmo They've of otherland it. i'm looking at it now uh, and it's on steam <laughs> it was released in 2015 <laughs> and you look at the reviews and and most the majority of the reviews reckon it's shit mm. um so uh, your dream i think your idea is a reboot yeah to fix well, what they Looked like they started in 2015, but it didn't go so well. Um, mm. Yeah, so in, in 2015, it was developed by Drago Entertainment. Uh, and yeah, available on Steam to download. But uh, yeah, f- only 40% of the reviews are positive. Mm. So, so <laughs> it's a worry with an, an MMO that's only, it's only got 600 odd reviews. So um, there's probably not too many people to share the MMO world with if you were to jump in now, but... Yeah. yeah. No. So uh, I, I think that your concept of the of the game Joel sounds way better than it being yeah. an MMO. I think having a maybe a narrative driven experience mm. where you experience all these different sort of worlds, I think that sounds rad. And having you know this this sort of story that in, it encompasses everything, um, being involved with like like you were saying that that Naughty Dog style way of telling a story is always so rich and i feel like it would lend itself really well to something like that Mm. um i mean i was even thinking that another good company to take hold of that would be santa monica studios because imagine just the 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 way that they would be able to weave everything together and build that world especially a more expansive and um more varied worlds as well i mean we know that naughty dog do best probably with they're sort of more realistic looking storytelling with that slight sense of supernatural through it. Whereas I feel like, um, I feel like Santa Monica studios would absolutely knock it out of the park. Yeah. I, I think that you've got a really good idea there. I want to play that. Well, the, the, the actual story itself, like the, the characters in the story are so varied and, and like, so, uh, one of, one of the characters, um, he's like, he's a boy that's got a disability and it's like, in real life, he's he's like bedridden and like can't can't do anything. He's like slowly sort of wasting away. But he plugs into this network, and when he goes online, he plays in like a it's like a medieval RPG game that he plays online, where he's this this huge knight and like he's leveled up like crazy, and he's just out there just kicking ass. Mm-hmm. And his best friend in the game is another another knight. And, and he thinks it's a it's a boy, but then he finds out later on that 
that his best friend that he's known all these years is actually a girl and it and it spins him out. Mm. Um, then there's another another character. It's like a an African uh, lady who's like a, a college professor, and um, her her younger brother gets gets busted trying to hack into other land, and and so she goes trying to find out what's happened to him, and um, and then you've got the guy who wakes up in the World War One scenario, and he's he's just ended up in there, and and it, they're using him as like a test subject, so he's like a guinea pig to sort of see how people will react to that scenario and so there's all these different players from all these different walks of life that that all find their own unique way into the network and then once they've once they're in the network and they've they've sort of seen too much then in real life they've got to sort of escape from um from the uh, the grail brotherhood which is the 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 organization that that run the other land sort of network so I, I think it'd be be killer and having all these different characters that you can jump between to sort of play out different parts of the story and you know further each one of their storylines all towards like a common goal where they eventually all meet up and then have to deal with the situation from there like I just think it'd be mm. I just think Sounds it'd be, be bloody good you know you, um, can, um, you can see why they sort of maybe back in 2015 wanted to go the MMO route because that's essentially what an MMO, MMO is. You sort of, you know, you, in, within the game, you pick a character who becomes your identity and you go to faraway places and, you mm. know, um, do stuff like that, which sounds similar to the, you know. But I, I think I think the, the strength of that that title would be the story rather than... Yeah, for sure. Rather than the, the sort of yeah. gameplay side. And, and I like I like Simon's idea about, yeah, Santa, slowing it down and Santa having Monica. a story-driven experience as opposed to, a, yeah, doing well, the MMO thing. I mean, where... yeah, that, they've proven their story chops with, with like, your, your God of War and stuff mm. like that. So Santa Monica would be great. But, I mean, Naughty Dog as well with, the, like, The Last of Us and... And certainly the Uncharted series. I mean, they they're also amazing storytellers in their own right. So uh, mm-hmm. you know what? Um, I'm gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> but but not about the Steam version. Yeah, not the Steam version. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Far out. <laughs> And on that note, we're uh, all out of time for this week. Uh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I would like to thank the DG crew. I'd like to thank Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thanks, Ferg. Thanks, JB. Always good fun, mate. Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Joel. Every week, day in day out, and for also giving me the this game that I want to play now that I'll never ever. And I'd also like to say a big thank you to. The Nintendo Queen, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Joel. Thanks always having me on the show. And <laughs> if you'd like to hit us up on the socials, we are The Discerning Gamer on Facebook. We are Discerning Gamer Podcast on Instagram, Discerning Pod on Twitter, or you can send us a good old fashioned email, Discerning Gamer Podcast at gmail.com.au. And we'll see you next week. Bye. See you. See you in the time. I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs>